Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. If you are stuck or overwhelmed while getting your syndication business started, I completely understand. I was in your shoes, working as hard as I could, but going nowhere until I hired a mentor. That mentor gave me direction at crucial times in my business that helped me to be able to close on over $100 million in real estate last year. I'm picking a select group of people over the next 30 days that are self-disciplined and motivated to ensure their success in this business. If this is you, Apply on our website to see if you qualify. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today is a continuation of yesterday's episode with Jerome. He was providing such great content. I tried to push the show a little more to continue the conversation. It made the show quite a bit longer, so we decided to split it up and so you can listen to it on your normal routine. Again, I am grateful that you are here listening today and every day. I wanted to remind you that you can always email us at info, at lifebridgecapital.com to provide some feedback. If there's questions you would like us to ask, if there's specific people you would like me to interview, or if you have different suggestions to improve the show, I would love to hear those. There's even a button on the podcast page of the website now where you can provide feedback. We would be so grateful for any feedback. We're always trying to improve the show to provide better content and instruction to you. I would love to hear from you. Thank you again for your support. I hope your business is growing because of listening to the show. Have a blessed day. Going through 2008, what happened there? You said for five years. How do you prepare for a downturn now versus maybe what you did then or from what you learned from that? Problem in 2008 is I didn't prepare for any downturn. I was in denial. Like I see a lot of people. I didn't think I'd be ever affected by it, right? I heard it around me and I heard the buzz around me. But in my little world, it seemed that things were just going just fine. I was still scraping dirt and building residential subdivisions. I was scraping dirt and building retail malls. It wasn't until I actually started losing leases on properties that weren't at finished completion yet that I realized that, oh my God, like, how am I going to get through this? I'm servicing this debt. And I call the trash can money. And when you're servicing six figures in debt every month on big projects, because we were revolving capital, right? We were building. And like anybody that's ambitious that wants to do this, there's a level of leveraging that you have to do. And it just happened that we were over leveraging, right? We had debt going on $8 million project. We had another $4 million project. Plus, we were self-funding a subdivision that was worth at least $3 million at the time. We had that outlay of cash that we weren't getting from a bank, but we were using our own in-house capital. And so what we do now is, again, like I was talking earlier about finding market sectors, I pick my head up every once in a while and I say, okay, what's going on around me? I read a lot more now. I pay attention to the unemployment rates. I look and see, you know, one thing I learned is that when unemployment is lower than 4%, you know that we're on the brisk of a downturn economy. And so if things are going really good everywhere, you know that there's only one way to go because you can only stay at the top for so long, right? There's only so long you can stay up here. And so once we get to a point where all the warning signs are on the wall, I start to pivot. So I start to slow down on developments, the way I negotiate 
Land is different. The way I go back in, I do longer. I go in and work on purchasing based on options to buy, not just buying the land. Where before I would just buy the land and then I do the infrastructure and the development. Now I go in with an option to buy the land and I start working on the pre-development stuff, which takes about a year or better. And all I have is some earnest money on the table. And if everything falls apart on me, Whitney, I just dust my hand a bit and I walk away. Or I just go slow enough on the project where my outlay of capital is getting outlaid really, really slow. And I get ready like what we're doing now is I have a 40-acre development that we've had for over a year. But I knew something was coming. I didn't know it was COVID. And so I've been dragging my feet, dragging my feet, dragging my feet. Well, when COVID hit, I went back to the owners of the land. And I said, hey, I need another 12 months or you can take your land back. And they said, no, no, Jerome, we don't want to. Please, you know, we'll, uh, we'll work with you. We understand that there are circumstances beyond your control. And so I was able to exercise that option for an additional year. And so now we already have approval from the municipalities for our zoning approval, our pre-development plans, our curbing gutters, our hydrology, all that stuff's done. And now at my leisure, I have that land tied up well where I can go in and need to close on it and push forward, or I can just take my time knowing that it's going to take me five, six months to build out the first few homes on that subdivision. I'll just drag my feet a little bit because I don't know what the economy is going to be in five or six years. So I'm willing to be a little more conservative now. I don't need to have that rush in my life. I can afford to be a little bit more conservative, just run my construction company, let revenue come in, and I take on other market sectors like industrial warehouse space, the the hotel redevelopment. And so we just position ourselves differently. We just take things on a little more methodically and a little slower to be able to position ourselves where we can profit long-term without the stress and the risk. Love it. No, I'm grateful for you just elaborating on that. And on that same thought process, what do you predict or see happening in the next six or 12 months? I know you talked about it a little bit, but just in the real estate market, what's your plans for this year or what do you see happening? Well, you know, right now it's hard for people to notice it because of the supply and demand issue that we're experiencing, Whitney, um, due to COVID. What's happening is people are staying in their homes and there's just not enough supply on the market. And there's these moratoriums that they just got extended over to June. Biden just signed off uh, to extend these foreclosure and these rental moratoriums to June. And so people are protected to not have to pay their mortgages. They don't have to pay rent that have been affected by COVID. And this plays a big factor on our economics and on our housing. And people don't realize it yet. They're sitting back going, oh my God, the housing market is thriving and they're buying million dollar homes and money's cheap and they can get debt for low interest rates. And so they're leveraging this stuff. And all I see on the wall is foreclosures. And the reason I see it is because I've seen this before. And so it's just a matter of time. I believe that in about six months, we'll really start seeing it. We're already seeing it. When I'm talking to buddies that are mortgage brokers or mortgage bankers, they're already starting to see people that have exercised the moratoriums and they're going back into refinance and they can't because those moratoriums on the back end have to get paid, which means that if you're paying off your mortgage, even if you're just refinancing, that note to that institution has to get rectified. That money wasn't free money. It wasn't just free debt. You still have to pay that. And so all that money that's supposed to be on the back end of your note, when you go to pay it off and refinance, gets pulled forward. And so now they're in a position where if their house doesn't appraise for what it once did, or even if it appraises and they have all this back debt and they don't have the capital to pay that debt off, they can't refinance. And so if they're leveraged, they're going to be in a position where they have to get back to home or stay there, one or the other. And so we're going to start seeing this unfold slowly over the next six months. But I think it's going to be the writing's on the wall and it's going to be very apparent in nine to 12 months from now. And so there's going to be a lot of foreclosures. It's going to happen in the commercial sector as well. And so we'll start seeing that stuff. So you need cash reserves, no doubt about it. You need low leverage, right? So you're prepared. You do. You know, equity right now is king. You want to have assets with equity. 
This way you have cash flow because cash flow is going to make things right for you. This is not a time to be over leveraged on anything, commercial or residential real estate. This is a time where you go in, you can leverage debt, but leverage it wisely, you know, go in with 70% debt to income ratio and make sure you have 30% equity in that deal. And I urge people to have some equity right now. The time to get debt will be coming. You know, you'll be able to leverage some of these properties and leverage them hard when they're available. You know, you got maybe a five-year window, maybe less, but you'll have a window and that's the time to leverage. When you can get assets inexpensively and leverage them, leverage them because then the appreciation will come up. You can refinance and position yourself to be able to take advantage of riding the stream up and take advantage of the upside to your asset base. And the wealth that people can generate right now during a downturn economy is going to be more substantial than they'll ever get anywhere else over the course of even a 20-year span if they exercise it correctly. Great advice. few final questions before we run out of time, Jerome. A couple of daily habits that you have, any of those that you are disciplined about that have helped you achieve success? I think just getting up and getting going each day. My daily habits change as I age. <laughs> so as much as I hate admitting it, it is. But I get up each morning and now I look at my wife and thank God every morning for her because she's been a great piece of keeping me level-headed through everything and making me recognize when I'm doing things wrong, at least within the home, you know? And so I thank God for her every morning. And then I just get up each morning, I get going and I take a moment for myself where I take 20 minutes to stretch, get my body right, my mind right, eat, and then I get my day going. And so my daily rituals and the things that I do is prepare myself for success before I go out and battle it. And then each day I remind myself, and this was really important in 2008, Whitney, where I remember sitting back going, okay, this is all out of my control. And I felt very vulnerable. And I said, you know, I'm going to do each day what Jerome can do each day by the grace of God. And then everything else I just got to put into God's hands and honestly give an honest day of work to everything that I do. And I think most people forget to give that honest day of work. They go in and they function on hope with their fingers crossed and they don't do what it takes. I do what it takes. And I urge people, you know, each day when you wake up, really give your day 100% of you and God will give you the rest. And so if you're scared, you don't know what direction you're going. I've always believed I just make the sign of the cross every day before I leave the house and say, God, just give me the ability to make today the best day Jerome can make it. And then I'm just going to leave the rest into your hands. And it worked for me. It's always worked for me. And I've never been left to fail. And so I just thank God every day that I've kept him by my side because I truly believe that that's the big determining factor overall in keeping me moving forward in everything I do in life. I appreciate you sharing that. And what's your best source for meeting new investors right now? Virtual meetups. We've been very active, staying consistent. Some of what I was real bad at before all of the pandemic was being online, doing this type of stuff, doing these podcasts, doing our Wednesday night free Q&A where we're educating people. So I think you give first and you get back in return. And so what I always tell people, they say, Jerome, why do you do these? They're free, you know, of your time. And I tell them, you know, it's because if I can teach people how to do what we've been doing, I know that it's going to come full circle. And it has. We're getting a great outreach from people that have money. They feel comfortable and confident in what we're doing. We see they begin to know who I am, right? They trust in the process that Jerome does. And by being consistent at it, by me showing up every week, they show up every week. And so by doing our Friday YouTube lives, by doing our Wednesday night Q&As and being consistent, those meetups where we're present have been a huge factor in our success in meeting investors and syndicators and the right professionals that we need to continue moving. So I urge people just to stay consistent and continue doing it virtually. What we were doing in person, do it virtually. And it actually, you get to do more of it, eat more easily with more ease now, virtually because it's socially acceptable. So that's what we're doing. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Consistency. I always tell my kids in sports and everything you do in life, I tell my kids, I tell them, look, people will show up. But the question is, 
how long will they show up for? And the biggest factor that determines the difference between you beating them or them beating you is who sticks around longer. The person that's going to win is the one that stays the most consistent for the longest duration of time, even if you suck. Because I'm not by any stream of the imagination. I'm not the smartest person, not the smartest tool in the shed. I've just been the most consistent. I've just showed up more days and I've just put in more time and I've been more consistent with what I've done over the long duration of time. And that's the biggest contributor to my success. You have to show up consistently for a long duration of time to get from a starting point to where you want to get. And that's the biggest contributor. That's a great answer. And I can completely relate to that. So I love that answer. And how do you like to give back? I give back in a lot of different ways, you know, educationally, you know, I do a lot of stuff for free. I try to give out as much education as humanly possible. It never seems like enough. You know, we've done a lot over the years and a lot of even what we do to give back. We don't talk about a lot. But I think just by being around, I try to give back by being as humble as I can in respect of my time. And so for those people that are just getting started in, if they respect my time, and what I mean by that is that they're really trying ambitiously to do something. I give back by trying to give my time to young professionals or even not even young professionals, aspiring professionals that are even older veterans coming out of retirement from the military, whatever it is, just by giving back some of our time to try to get them from a place where they want to go to a place where they can actually make something viable. We do a lot of that. Plus we do a lot of other stuff. I love kids. My kids are the world to me. So anything I can do for kids and the next generation, my wife and I try to give back in a lot of areas in that regards as well. So. Jerome, pleasure to have you on the show. You've just added a ton of value to the listeners and myself today, without a doubt. In so many areas of real estate that you've been through, whether it's different asset classes, your thoughts on the process of renovations and warehouses and hotel conversions to even just the level of debt that we should be thinking through so we're prepared for a downturn, which you have been through and learned so much from. So just thank you again for your time, your transparency, and just being willing to share those things so we can all learn from your experience. How can the listeners get in touch with you and learn more about you? My same profile picture is everywhere. You go into YouTube and you Google search Jerome Maldonado. I usually pop up on Instagram. It's Jerome Maldonado and the number one behind the name. And then everywhere else is just Jerome Maldonado on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. Our big push has been on YouTube. We have a lot of valuable content on there that we had been positioning in different areas, in different sectors of social media. And we really found a direction and YouTube has been that direction. And so subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you guys like content that we're talking about, Whitney and I today, we have tons of it always coming out. And so go in, give us a big fat thumbs up, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us. Every Friday, we do Real Talk on Real Estate and we have a new topic every single Friday. And so... You know, love to be able to share and give back to you guys. It's a free live every single week and great, lots of great content. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success. 